On today's episode of Heads in the Cloud, John and I are joined by Zayas Caravalla. We're going to talk all things Star Trek, technology, facial recognition, William Shatner. Cool stuff. We're going to get into a it's lot. It's a fun show. It's an awesome it's show. Stick around. Show. Heads in the Cloud with your host, David Portnowitz, Graham Potter, and John Roth. Welcome to today's episode of Heads in the Cloud. I'm David Portnoy. I'm John Ron. And today we're going to be joined by Zayas Caravalla, who has been on before, but we're going to try to make it more of a regular thing and have him on yeah. uh, semi-frequently. Uh, and he is just a fascinating guy. We're going to talk a lot about Star Trek, and, and I, I say that sort of uh, not joking, but sort of the technology that's from the Star Trek show that inspired the technology that we have today. Um, and you'd be surprised about how crazy in the 60s and 70s when they were making Star Trek, how crazy how much of that technology is that we use today in our in our everyday lives. How you know, things have evolved and what they are today. Yeah, I mean... W- William Shatner. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's we like see him in our everyday life as well. Yeah, 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 he's on a commercial. But, but anyways... <laughs> Boston Legal, but that's an older show, but yeah, I mean... He's going to dive into all of Shatner's IMDb page here, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I like Shatner. I, I I think he's extremely funny. Much much better of a comedian than he was uh, on the show. Oh, oh you, uh, you should ask Zayas about that. I'm not, uh, uh, he's a big Captain Kirk fan. I got my opinions. <laughs> but no, we're going to talk about you know drones and speech speech yeah. technology, and we're going to talk about um, blockchain, all the stuff that is sort of relevant today. Wireless yeah. communications, security, things like that. But you know that was all. You know they were using all those things on on, on in Star Trek exactly way ahead of the time. Yeah. And I mean it was just it was just revolutionary to think. Yeah. Wow, how can that ever be possible? And the only thing we haven't done yet is actually you know getting the teleport pod. teleport right. But are they working on that? Maybe we well, should. Well, I, I know him. that I know that um a few years ago I think some scientists maybe in Australia or New Zealand had like teleported like. DNA or molecule or something like they had basically moved something from one one to another. I don't know the whole story. Don't quote me on probably. that. But, but there was some tele. They are working on teleporting. Probably. If the teleport stuff came out in my lifetime, oh. it'd be the greatest invention of all time. Oh, I, there's no question. Just to go from like oh boom. Right but there. I got to imagine there were some animals involved, and they probably, no. I think it, they it, were like doing like DNA or cells or something like that. They were moving. It wasn't. It was very very small. You wouldn't even know it. You you got glasses. You know maybe I could see it. Maybe not you. Wow. I have very strong vision. Do you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah. All You're right. a visionary. Visionary. <laughs> yeah, we'll go there. <laughs> All right, let's call Zayas. Okay, let's go. <laughs> ring, ring. All right, here we go. All right, John and I are now joined again by Zayas Caravalla of ZK Research, the founder and principal analyst. We had Zayas on back in March. We're gonna to try to make this more of a regular thing. We we love having uh, Zayas on, and and um, I think I think we have a good rapport. And uh, we're coming. You coming to us live from Boston, or are you someplace else in the world? I know I've been following you on Twitter, and I I can see you've been in Singapore and Austin and San Diego, and who the hell else knows where else you've been? So uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, I am in Boston, in fact. So you caught me on one of those rare times where where I'm at home. And you're right, I have been in all those places, and who the hell else knows wherever, lots of airports, <laughs> things like that. So <laughs> you ever, know, you ever, you ever sometimes you ever get to an airport and uh, you kind of blank out of where you are until you figure out what your ticket says where you're going? 
No, but I have I have had the case where I go into a hotel and I really have no idea what yeah. room I'm in because yeah. it's like or I go to the, the hotel uh, room number that I was at yesterday, right? And yeah. uh, the yeah. last trip I took and stuff that yeah. gets kind of confusing. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like what happens in Vegas though, because I feel like when you do, when you're there, yeah, you just you never see outside and you never have any idea of what time it is. I was back, I was there in April, and I just I got there like on a Tuesday, and I felt like I never went outside again until Friday until I left. It's crazy. Well, I love in Vegas how they have the fake outside too. You know, if you go to the nation, they have the sky painted blue. And when you go yeah. eat, they go, you want to sit inside or outside? I'm like, it's all inside. <laughs> I love the fact that you go through and you get to the elevator, you know, the corridors to the elevator. They always take you through the snack aisle. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. 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 Gets me, it works for me. It, I, always it, it, buy, oh, I, always, I always buy yeah. a bottle of water. A bottle of yeah, water? For... Oh, my God. I get a cupcake or two <laughs> and, a, and a bottle of water. Yeah. yeah. For eight bucks for the bottle of water. Yeah. yeah. So I thought we'd talk about a little bit, you know, a good idea I think that you had was to sort of talk about some of the, the technology from shows like Star Trek that have now come true and you sort of see in, in everyday life. And there's a ton of it. But when you step back and think about what that technology was on the show and, and where we are today, it's it's really crazy to think like, oh, my gosh, a lot of this stuff that seems so far-fetched or so out there is now available and you've gotten your home. And so I think, I don't know, does that sound like a good idea to you to sort of run through some of that? Some of that uh, it, it does. And, and full, full disclosure, I'm a big Trekkie, uh, especially, <laughs> the, especially the original series. And I think anybody in tech kind of is to some degree. Uh, the other side of that coin is, too, it's impressive that they had the vision back in the 60s to yeah. predict that some of the stuff would actually come true. And some of it took longer than others, but uh, it's pretty amazing that they they really thought of uh you know thought up a lot of this stuff and in fact i was at the the recent uh amazon machine learning event and they actually talked about how star trek provided some of the innovation for them to develop some of the things they have so i know it's been a it's been an inspirational lighthouse for a lot of innovators to look at that and go can we actually do that yeah and i think um you mentioned before we started uh, uh taping you mentioned that amazon had said alexa was sort of like inspired by that or the echo was inspired it's funny how everyone just calls it alexa they should just drop the echo name it's like no one uses it anymore but anyway yeah you're right they should in fact they did say that they they showed a picture of spock and kirk and said that they wanted to be able to create an easy to use interface like that where people could access more information and more data through speech versus actually having to go through the rigmarole of what we have today and a lot of what amazon's doing is trying to make alexa something or the echo something that everybody can use just for everyday life uh and that you know that that has a lot of implications with elderly people and handicapped people and absolutely uh, you know yeah. things like that so there's a lot of we you know we joke about some of this stuff there's a lot of implications on the greater good of society and making the world a better place yeah and and one of those things that i thought was sort of popped out in the news and i actually thought about you when i saw it was the decision by um, the government in San, in, the, in San Francisco to ban uh, cameras for sort of the the face that you know face monitoring or sort of like facial recognition technology. What what, what was your sort of take on that? Because I know on the last show we talked about how in Dubai they the police use it all the time and they, it's helped with like low crime rates and things like that. But you know this is the first city in North America that's really taken a stance on it. What, what's your take on that? That may be the most idiotic. <laughs> <laughs> ass backwards decision i've seen in a long time it's been proven that when you have cameras up it cuts down crime uh and in fact if you talk to any law-abiding citizens they don't mind yeah right exactly. it's, it's only the shady underworld and for that city itself that is suffering losses of tourism because of the 
of the, the the state of that city. It's ridiculous that they did that. They should be encouraging it. They should be trying to use it more as a way to make people feel safe. There's, I I, I was talking with somebody about this last week, and and uh, they said to me that they don't feel comfortable walking alone at night. You know, when it, you met, you had mentioned Dubai when I was there with my yeah. wife. They actually told us if you want to go walk around at midnight, you'll be safe. We you know we we guarantee that. And I think a lot of people would would give up that big brother um, concept in order to be safer. And I, I mean, we have a, there's a big problem in the country. And then for San Francisco, it was in the heart of technology innovation to make that decision. To Absolutely. Me, just seemed so I don't know, backwards and reverse thinking. So hopefully the lawmakers there get together and realize it was a decision that was wrong, but who knows? Well, I think it's, I guess something that you said is it's, it, it's the, law-abiding citizens that would go, we welcome that. Absolutely. I want to be safe. I want to make sure that if facial recognition picks up somebody that's on a list that, you know, I, I, I want that to be available. I, I, it, I don't know. It, it, it is. Yeah, but then I, I'll play, I'll play the other side okay. for you. The double, I mean, like it is, it, we're talking about privacy. So you're talking about in a, in a, in a region that has dealt with massive privacy problems with, from Facebook and Google and, Amazon, well, Amazon's not, but I mean, but all sorts of Silicon Valley companies have had privacy issues, hacking, things like that. This is another way that your information, you know, your whole persona is you know, becoming less private. I think that's, well, that's, that's the stance they're taking. I'm just playing the other side. Well, I, and, and I think the other side of it is you can think about it. I mean, right now, if, if we don't think that all of our cell phones are not being listened to <laughs> and they got technology that's actually going through and trying to grab keywords and, and things of that nature to pull up to say, there's something shady going on here on, on this conversation. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, how much safer are we than, you know, from 9-11 of, yeah. of, of actually I think, things I think that have taken place? I think the privacy thing, still, there's some of that that still needs to be worked out. But no. I, I think I think we're a little bit far off. But, I, you know, to say this is, you know, I think, you know, they'll probably come to a realization down the future that, you know, it, it needs to be in, implemented. And it probably will be. We're, we're not that far off from a minority report where we're predicting crimes before they happen. <laughs> well, and in fact, um, they do that in Dubai. When, when I was there, they, the chief of police was telling me they can actually, it's not, there's no precog. They, don't, they, have, they have a precog in Dubai? There's, not there's, there's no precog. <laughs> but they actually look at the behavior of people in, in busy areas through the cameras. Yeah. And if, they, if the noise level gets too loud or, or it becomes too congested, they'll actually send a drone overhead to tell people to break it up. And if really? they don't, then they, then they send a police officer. Yeah. So there is a way to do that. I mean, video analytics is, a, is an emerging field. And, you know, John, you mentioned uh, uh, the ability to use video to solve crimes and stuff. If you remember with the Boston bomber, they yeah, were, exactly. um, that was, if it weren't for ATM footage, we may never have caught that person. Yeah. And that is a show on TV, Person of Interest. That kind of takes it to the next level. Have you ever seen that show? I have not. Yes, yes. Yeah, and it it predicts. I mean, it's a it's a guy that actually, you know, it's a you know character, obviously. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, but he actually, this is the technology they came up with, and I, he had it before nine eleven, and the government never in, intended to use it. They wanted to put it away, and they basically use it in. They solve they solve crimes before they happen. They go yeah. protect people that they know are you know, in, in a line of fire, so to speak. Gotcha. So yeah. you, you mentioned drones. Let's start there. So I know on Star Trek, um, there was a drone nomad um, that was used. They sent out and, and sort of that, that technology was, you know, you thought, okay, we're so far off from that, but here we are. There's drones everywhere. I saw one, I was driving my kid to uh swimming lessons on Saturday and there was a drone hovering over 
the, the, the intersection and there were surveyors from the city that were using the drone for survey wow. purposes. So, I mean, they're everywhere now. My, my wife yeah. drones on and on sometimes as well. So. Different kind of drone, John. Oh, sorry, sorry, okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, they are everywhere, um, and uh, you see them used uh, in, in a lot of cases now for uh, survey work, uh, for surveillance um, usage. And then Star Trek Nomad, of course, was a was an autonomous drone, so it actually didn't even need a person controlling it. It, it of course, in sci-fi, it turned evil and tried to come back and kill people and stuff until Kirk fooled it, which was the beauty, <laughs> of, which is the beauty of Kirk, because no matter how smart the computer was, <clears throat> he was always smarter. Um, but drone technology actually has advanced. Greatly, I had mentioned the Amazon Mars event I was at, uh, and a big part of that too was they were talking about their drone programs. And within, I, I think within five years, the majority of packages from Amazon can be delivered by drones. Yeah. And so that has a, you know, an implication of customer service and speed. There's of course the other side of it that is taking people's jobs and things like that. But ultimately, these are, um, you know, I think the the autonomous machine is on the rise, and I believe we're going to move into an era where anything that moves will eventually be autonomous. Uh, in fact, I've seen prototypes for um, autonomous vehicles that can actually deliver uh, groceries to your home. And it's almost like a mobile shopping cart. And for yeah. a lot of people that are, you know, have difficult moving elderly people, this can make a big difference in their quality of life. So I, I think the, the there's a purpose for these things. Now, uh, of course, we have to regulate that. We don't, you know, the, the, at Fenway Park, we had a scare a little while ago where somebody had a drone over top of the stadium and yep. stuff. But And there's ways to actually block that from happening. But the drone's here. It's here to stay. Um, it has, a, I think, there's far more good that it can do than bad. But um, it's uh, it, the use cases are pretty interesting. They're getting, they're getting, the battery life's getting better. In fact, I know one of the th proposed uh, use cases now of old uh, of uh, telephone poles or electric poles to have battery stations on top of them where the drone can dock itself. <laughs> mm. That's a great idea. Wow. Yeah, and and you know, I mean, obviously the the, the folks like Amazon and and UPS and FedEx and they want to use the drones for delivery purposes. So you know, we, we we talked about this. Uh, I don't know if you remember, David. Yeah. Uh, a few months ago, of like you can get uh, certain things to Amazon delivered same day. Yeah. And I said, you know, just in a couple of years, it's going to be. It's been 30 minutes. Where's my package? I think we're going to come to that point <laughs> yeah. of going, you know, why is my package not here? I ordered it an hour ago. And I think we're going to get to that. And it's going to be obviously through drones. Well, especially in major metropolitan areas. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. 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 And, and, and they actually talk about that. In rural areas, they're going to have a difficult time doing that. But in the major yep. metro areas, and think about the implications of that. Like how much of the traffic in downtown areas is, is delivery vehicles and things. So. We we have a big problem today with congestion in cities, um, and um, that, that's a. In fact, a lot of cities would like to drive urbanization back into the city. Yep. You think of cities like Atlanta, places like that, where a lot of people don't live in the city. That would be a good way to do it. And this would allow you to have a an almost instant experience when you buy things. And so it's a. Yeah. It's there's a lot of good that can be done from it. Yeah, it, it, but you know, we the, like you said, it's got to be regulated too because you still have issues with like airplane airplanes and airports where drones can get in the way, but. I think it'll come in time. It's just it's just a technology that we haven't figured out all the uses yet, and and once we do, when once we sort of regulate and understand, you know how and where, then I think we'll be in good shape. Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, regulation's got to be a part of almost everything that we're going to talk about today. Regulation needs to be a part of it. I would like to see our government get more actively involved, but yeah, you know who knows? Who knows what's going to happen there? Yeah. yeah. So one of the next things I wanted to get it was like was is telepresence. So you know that was something that they had on every ship 
you know, it's something that like, like just the fact that we're having this audio conversation over we're using Google Hangouts. But I mean, like that was a far fetched technology, even maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, the, that video, the video chatting was, was, is nowhere near where it is today. I mean, to be able to just start a, a quick video conference and, and be able to do that anywhere in the world at any time on any device is pretty remarkable. Yeah, in fact, in, in Star Trek, almost every conversation they had ship to ship was video, even internally in the ship was video. And so why did they do that, right? The, you think about what, why use video in that case, because you wanted to see the menacing look on the evil of your person's <laughs> face, right? And the same thing is true in, in our world today. You want to be able to capture people's body language, you know, see their expression, see how they react to certain things. And so from a, as a business tool, video is, is outstanding. And in fact, um, I was talking with, uh, somebody who works at a in a financial firm, and he said before they use videos to talk to their clients, the clients were always like, "When are you going to come see me? When are you going to come see me?" After they started using video, that went away because it's almost like I see you every time I talk to you. Mm -hmm. And so, and and the one thing the the enterprise brought too wasn't just small little video; it was immersive telepresence. Right, the bridge yep. uh, had this massive video screen, and you could see every little nuance in the person you were talking to. So Kirk being the smart person he is was able to actually tell if people were lying or not and things like that. But in uh, you know in our personal lives we there's there's a lot of people I think, especially in the younger generation, that use it almost instinctively. I I know a lot of people in the millennial category and down will almost always do a FaceTime call before yep. they do a before yeah. they do an audio call. Yeah. And so it's becoming we live in a very visual society today with between uh, Snapchat, Instagram, YouTube, Vine, things like that. And I, I think video, it's not the place where it needs to be. Like, frankly, the way it should work is if I call you, it should come up on video. It should try video first. Yes. And then default to audio if you don't have it on. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, I think we'll get there. There's more and more use of it. And the one thing I can tell you about video and business, video begets more video. Companies that use video tend to see the usage of it continue to go up. Ones that don't obviously don't see that, but there's a, a big cultural barrier against them. But once people use it, they really, really like it. Yeah, I noticed it's one of the things we've actually started here is using more and more video conferencing, yeah. quick, quick video meets. And I've something that I've was at first a little bit like, oh, I don't need to see this, but now it's great. I feel like I have a more personal relationship with a lot of the folks that work out of the office. Um, and it's so easy to do. I've got a headset now on my desk, my desk, you know, that's just, I just pop on and, you know, it, it makes that whole experience much more rich, uh, much more fulfilling. And, you know, I feel like you can get a ton more accomplished so so much faster than trying to go back and forth on email. That video yeah, has become absolutely. such a, an integral part of my everyday uh, work. And, and I, I really enjoy it. I don't think it's going to slow down anytime soon. In fact, like you said, I think it's going to increase as it becomes easier to have a video conference with someone who's, let's say, I'm on an iPhone and they're on an Android. Um, you know, just you know, just being able to have that quick conversation is so much nicer than it and so much faster than it used to be. Yeah. In fact, I'm glad you brought that up um, because I've always felt, uh, in fact, I've done research in this area. The silent killer for companies isn't the disgruntled worker because you can get rid of those people. It's the disconnected worker, people that feel socially isolated. We're hiring more and more workers and it's, very, you know, anybody that's worked remotely knows it's kind of tough to stay engaged in a company when you don't yeah, really feel like you're part of it yeah. video can create that almost social like effect of being in the office and so i think for you know if you're an hr person or you're a cio listening to this think of video not as just a collaboration tool but as a social tool to allow all your remote people to actually feel like a bigger part of the company yeah i completely agree i mean it, and it's helped us stay nimble and and be able to 
um, have these sort of uh, teams that are remote all over the place, but the, but also allow them to feel like they're part of a, a larger culture. And I think that's been really, really positive. Well, it's, for also, it's also in a, in a sales environment, which is, you know, where I come from, to be able to see the reaction of a potential a partner or even even a customer to see their initial reactions of the things you're saying. So it's like, you know, you can get the body language, you get the yeah. eye, eye movement, you can see if they're looking up to the right, to the left, down, if it's an emotion, the feeling, yep. you know, it's a whole, just like having an experience in front of them. So it's, uh, I think it's an extremely powerful tool. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about, let's talk a little bit about wireless communications because I, I really want to get into this with you because I got a lot of questions, but um, you know, obviously the fact that, you know, they could have this sort of cross galaxy communication no matter where they were, but for us to be able to communicate wirelessly with cell phones, uh, 4G right now with um, 5G coming down the road has really obviously revolutionized the, the, the entire society. So I'd like to dive in a little bit on the 5G side and get your take on how far away are we from real 5G? And and then I've heard about this sort of next level of, of Wi-Fi that's coming down. I mean, what, give, give us our, your take on sort of where things are from a wireless standpoint. Yeah, I think with Wi-Fi 6 and 5G, why could they coincide? We just have the numbers being the same for both, um, regardless of that. Um, with with both of those, the, the barrier that we're crossing now is that wireless speeds are finally on par with wired speeds. So it used to always be that high-performance workloads that you do, VR, things like that, you did over a wired connection. Anything that where you wanted convenience, you did wirelessly. But I think that barrier is falling, and you know you can have both that. You can have the performance of the network of a high-speed wired connection combined with the ease of mobility. And I think it's going to allow us to create a whole bunch of new use cases for wireless we've never had before. Uh, one of the, I don't know if you've seen the Verizon commercial, it's a little bit cheesy where they talk about 5G saving lives. So that's, you know. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But the, the, the thesis is correct, though, that you could actually now have things like virtual reality or augmented reality glasses connected wirelessly and have real-time data being fed, fed to it. And in the case of that, where they've got a doctor where, if you're the patient, you probably want a fast connection, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want any lag in there if the doctor's yeah. actually working on me, right? So, because um, <laughs> today, today, today what has to happen is you would actually pause the surgery, send somebody down to the records room, look stuff up, right? Or maybe they cancel it altogether, but if they can call up information through a speech interface right away, to the to the augmented reality glasses are working. That has that has a uh, you know some huge implications on on healthcare. Also with you know 4K video uh, coming, you you get a much richer experience. I've talked to, in fact, I talked to a furniture manufacturer that wants to be able to use VR headsets as a way of being able to design furniture and put it in a living room so people can see what it looks like. Uh, there's there's limitless use cases for um, uh, for high speed wireless. Uh, connectivity, everything from content creation to VR to AR, and I, I think it's uh, it's a really exciting space because now we are untethered um, for you know from uh, uh, from having that physical connection that we had before. The other thing with five G is going to allow us to deliver network connectivity to places where it's never been before. Right, right. So out to oil rigs, pi- pipelines, uh, you know, up in the you know, up in very rural areas that, you know, for school systems and things that maybe didn't have the same access. And so John Chambers once said that the equalizer in the world is internet and education. And now with 5G, we can deliver internet to places that we couldn't before. 
And is it, I mean, I obviously, I, I, I haven't experienced it, but I've heard people talk about 5G sort of replacing or being as fast or faster than your in-home Wi-Fi today is. Is that true? I don't think that's true. I don't think, I think the two are very complementary, in fact, because uh, the thing with, with 5G is you, need, you still need SIM cards and things. And so you're not going to drop a SIM card into every connected device you have, my right. garage doors, my refrigerator, things like that. And then what, you pay a subscription for everything, right? So, but no, what you can you. do is you can deliver 5G to a place and then attach it to a Wi-Fi access point and then be able to take that connectivity and distribute it across your house, right? Gotcha. So I think that the two work very nicely together, especially for point-to-point -point communications. Think of a school on a campus. You could deliver Wi-Fi out to the stadium and then be able to, I mean, a 5G out to a stadium from, and then be able to distribute Wi-Fi from there, right? So there's lots of, good, there's lots of reasons why you'd want to use both. I, how about put it in an airplane? Because the internet on airplanes sucks. I'm just gonna. I'm just, I, that's just yes. that. That's 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 my hard take no on this. <laughs> Actually, so that so you brought up the fact that you, people's expectations around um, uh, home delivery. Well, you you just did that with connectivity. Five years ago, having connectivity in an airplane was outstanding. Now it's like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's like I can't stream my HD video to my phone while I'm on the plane. Why bother? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I know that Delta is in the process of reworking most of the Wi-Fi across their entire fleet. I've seen that. I've been on a couple of recent Delta flights. Um, and, you know, I, it's, it is funny how your expectations can go from like, wow, I can't believe I can just get on Facebook to now it's like, well, I can't watch Netflix. So what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Well, the yeah. more you get, the more you want. That, yeah. That's always been the case with bandwidth. Yeah, yep, that's absolutely. True. Yeah, that's true. Um, another area I'd like to dive into is 3D printing. So um, this is a really, really fascinating space because I feel like it really hasn't become as pervasive as as some would like across the board. I mean, obviously there are certain industries that that use it more than others, but you know we have the, we have one side where we've there's it's been sort of brought into the mainstream from a gun standpoint. I know there was a big documentary on HBO a year or two ago about 3d printing of a gun and and that whole side needs to be regulated but just 3d printing in general and where and where that space is going yeah and and we brought this up before with the video usage everything needs to be regulated you know so it, there's not one technology we're talking about that can't be used for good or for evil right, right. yeah and with 3d printing uh, you're right i would like to see more of it by now and of course they use it on the enterprise for uh for the food replicator right 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 the card could always say is you know tea or Earl Grey hot and he would get a steaming <laughs> cup of Earl Grey tea and then on the on the old enterprise they of course got the colored cubes which somehow represented food uh it looked in, delicious though yeah societally today though there are there have been some good use cases of it I read uh last year somewhere they uh printed a um, an augmentation to the rib cage for a young baby yes yes and then, and then the idea would be that the bone matter grows around that and so this is something where you couldn't really have done that before um taken somebody else's bone and shaved it down to the point now they can just print it spec in fact i've talked to some medical professionals about this that the you know in, in the future with 3d printing if you've got like a knee joint or something that needs replacing instead of replacing it with a, a metal one or an artificial one you could actually 3d, 3D print wow. an exact replica of what you have so for you know back surgery joints things like that there's there's a lot of implications that's uh, pretty cool some, some expect that our lifespan will increase because of it because now if you're you have a part that wears out hey just go to amazon order another one have it, have it delivered by drone in 30 minutes right? yeah there you go <laughs> and then your doctor with the vr goggles will come over and replace it for you and I, so. I've, I've definitely seen a few stories where 
people who have lost a hand or lost a leg or, or needed, you know, have an amputation, they've 3D printed those kinds of like, you know, actual like limbs yeah. or fingers. That's pretty cool as well. You know, yeah, I, I, I was just at the dentist before I came in. <laughs> no, no, seriously. And they, and I, I said this to my dentist. I'm like, why do you not have something already here that you could just, you know, put a crown on? So I, I got a temporary crown and they have to send out to a shop. It's 10, 15 days to get it back. I was thinking to myself, a 3D printer that could actually, you know, they could print it out. And here's your permanent crown in the same time frame as putting a temporary on. I mean, yeah. I just thought that was a, a natural thing. And they have actually experimented, too, with 3D printing live tissue. So you could actually 3D print a liver wow. or something like that for yeah. somebody that has a bad one. So you could clone the tissue. And the, the beauty with 3D printing is you can print exactly the spec. So... You can use it for old car parts, or you can use it for old human parts, and it's yeah. uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty exciting when you think about the implications. But the regulation right? on that would be uh, just massive, massive. Yeah. It would be years to, to regulate some sort of a. Now, what's interesting is when people start printing out old car parts for their body, like put give myself a headlight. That'd be kind yeah. of cool, actually. <laughs> well, augmented humans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you uh, Mike uh, from Marvel's Agents of Shield. Exactly, like exactly. Yeah. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, I think we have time for maybe a couple more, and then I'll, we'll let you go. So, I, one thing I, I, I wanted to make sure we hit on was, and we sort of talked about it at the top, but I think it's important that we dive into it. Is the whole speech talk to speech interfacing with computers and being, and that is, I think out of all the things we've talked about, maybe maybe not wireless, but all, all the rest of that's obviously the most pervasive thing. I mean, and it's in a lot of homes, it's in a lot of businesses. Um, as IoT continues to grow, it'll be it'll be it'll be everywhere. And you know, obviously, Amazon and Google and Microsoft all have products. Facebook has a product. I mean, so it, it is it is becoming um, you know part of a, it, it's becoming ubiquitous, right? It's it's everywhere you go, yeah. and it's going to be in restaurants. It's going to be you know, any, any in retail environments. So I think that is something that we're only at the tip of the iceberg on. And, and as far as it, how it communicates and how what it knows and under, how it understands regular speech patterns. So that's a fascinating one to me. Yeah, I think if this were, if we wanted to use the baseball game analogy, um, I don't even think the pitchers have gotten up the mound for the first inning yet. I think we are so early in the cycle of what speech is capable of. It's really very, very basic interactions today. Right. Uh, you, you know, Alexa, book me a movie ticket, that sort of thing. And I, I think uh, over time, um, as you mentioned, uh, aud listening devices will become pervasive. And there's a lot of scary implications with that. But ultimately, wherever you are, whatever you're trying to do, you'll do you'll do through speech. You'll talk to your car, you'll talk to a kiosk at the airport, you talk you talk to your cab, you'll talk to your refrigerator or whatever, and it's gonna it's gonna allow us to do things that are, are so much more interesting. At the Mars event in Amazon, actually, they were talking about making Alexa more uh, conversational versus interactive. Because right now, if you wanted to book a movie ticket, you'd say Alexa, what time is this movie playing? It would tell you. Then you say, Alexa, book me a ticket, and it would tell you, and then yeah. you say, Alexa, right? What if you could just say, Alexa, book me a night out with my wife? Yeah. And then it comes back and recommends, I, we can get you a 7 o'clock reservation at Saison, followed by the 11 o'clock showing of Men in Black, you know, at the, you know, Regal Cinema, the, at the Metreon, or something like that. It would be, and, and it could do all of that for you. And so speech has changed in itself. I think the other big aspect of speech is, is uh, natural language, real-time translation. Absolutely, yeah. Right. And so from um, 
uh, from a uh, the ability for people to be able to dialogue with others in different languages, yeah, right? That, the, yeah. On the Enterprise, they had the 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 trans the translator was always on, right? The Universal Translator. Yes. And we're really not that far from that. I've seen demos of it now where it can it shows up on screen. As at the Jitex event in Dubai last year, Navaya actually was demoed at their booth where the agent was talking to somebody in a different language, the computer would translate back and forth. And so you think of the implications of that. We're breaking down all these barriers that we used to have and being able to communicate globally. And uh, that's a, it's a, voice itself is a fascinating field because you can detect sentiment, you can detect emotion, you can detect a lot of things from the way people talk. And so the ability to talk to your computer lets us do more, but it's going to allow us to actually, the computer to get smarter and know what we want to do. In fact, sometimes before, we even know we want to do it. <laughs> yeah, and, and the real-time translation is so cool. I mean, I was in a, a, a store. I was out in uh, Silicon Valley a few weeks ago, and I was in this sort of futuristic store that reminded me of a uh, of a sharper image from like 20 years ago, but with like fewer items. And, um, you know, they had, they had one of these little devices that was, you know, you could take with you and you could have a conversation with someone that would understand what you were saying, understand what they were saying, and then translate it wow. in real time. Um, so cool. I mean, if you're someone who travels a lot and you're in, in, in something you, or you're trying to learn a different language, I mean, that would be, that would be such a useful device. I know that obviously Google, you can do it on your phone, but you know, that, that is, that is really, really, really interesting. So the beauty of the, the Googles and Amazons and Microsofts doing this first is they're going to democratize the technology. So you might be listening to this thinking I'm a corporate developer that works for some bank. There's no way we can invest the money to create this real-time translation. Well, you don't have to because right. those companies have already done all the learning algorithms they need to make their own products works. Now they've dropped it into their a their own AI toolkit. So if you're a developer and you want to create an application, a mobile application, there's real-time uh, translation and sentiment analysis. You just take those modules and you drop it into your application. So they've done all the heavy lifting on it. And so now it's, I, I fundamentally believe it's democratized this technology so everybody can use it. Wow. One more topic I want to get into before we before I let you go is um, yesterday Facebook announced that they came out with a new um, uh, cryptocurrency Libra. They got a bunch of partners on board. It's black backed with blockchain. You know they're trying to like you said democratize currency for for places that maybe you know are hard pressed to get cash things like that. What's your take on on that crypto side? Where's that going? Is that how you know is that something that we're going to be you know we're all paying with libras in 10 years like what 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 do you think yeah i'm not i i think crypto's the way i'm not sure what winds up becoming the winner yet we're pretty early in that cycle yeah and and i do believe we're fast tracking to a cashless society of course in star trek they actually didn't use cash <laughs> um uh except in certain situations when they were i think on uh deep space 9 when they were gambling or whatever so all of them <laughs> cash all of them cash came in there right so go figure we don't use cash unless it's we need it for the show. Yeah. Um, but but I do think electronic payments, uh, it's getting easier and easier. Lots of you know kids use Venmo and things like that today. Um, uh, there there are I think the use cases for crypto and blockchain and things like that are, are really the the, the industry struggles with what those are. The most easiest examples are things where you need some sort of ledger and to be able to track it. In fact, mm -hmm. people have looked at blockchain and crypto as maybe the financial uh, mechanism for which IoT works, right? That if you're if you're interacting with a lot of connected devices and payments got payments have to be made, they can be made anonymously, you know, between devices. Uh, one bank I had talked to was looking at it using uh, it as a way to be able to uh, make um, 
mortgage approvals easier and the payment to all the different parties and things involved. So yeah. there are a handful of use cases. I think this is a, a situation of it's a cool technology looking for a solution, looking for a problem. And as soon as we figure out what a couple of those problems are, then you'll see the use cases of it escalate. And I think it's I think what Facebook is is doing is good because it actually brings the technology to more people. And I think that's uh, uh, outside of the, the chosen few that have the technical acumen to use it. So yeah. it's, uh, but, the, but there's no doubt in my mind, well, years from now, maybe, I don't know how many years, hopefully sooner than later, we won't ever hit an ATM again because we'll live in a cashless society. Yeah, that's right. I guess where I've struggled with Bitcoin is what, what is the problem? Like, what, what is the problem with me using my credit card today? I, that, that, yeah. bit, that Bitcoin, I mean, I guess maybe it's more secure, it's more trackable, things like that. But ransomware. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I just I, I haven't figured out why I would need to replace my current credit card with Bitcoin. You know, that's 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 my struggle. Yeah, well, you'd you'd want to do it in situations that where you need the tracking. Although credit cards do a pretty good job of tracking that as well. So yeah. I, I struggle with that as well. That the that electronic communications is clearly has a big use case, but with with crypto specifically. Um, the the only use cases that have really been come up with are nefarious ones. It's yeah. a little bit like grid computing. The first mm-hmm. big use case of grid computing was malware. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. right? <clears throat> and then then of course we found some some use cases for it. So this will be a case where where that's the thing. And I think it's um um you know it's really up to the industry to figure out what those are. But I think if you like I said if you need some kind of uh ledger based system where it is trackable at every step, um. You know, but there's multiple people involved. It makes sense for that. But um, outside of a handful of use cases like buying a house and things like that, it's uh, um, it, it's uh, it's not ubiquitous. Yeah, so yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, Zayas, I appreciate you giving us time today. Um, we, hopefully, we're g- we're going to continue these conversations. We're going to try to make these more regular. Um, I know you are traveling all over the world. You probably, like you said, you got a week home before you're back out and about. Um, and hopefully, we cross paths soon. Yeah, it'd be great. I really enjoy these and. Uh, uh, thanks for having me on again. No problem. Enjoy. Hey, tough break for your Celtics. Tough break for your Celtics. Well, Bruins and Celtics. So it's, uh, <laughs> after all these winning, I guess we'll have to go a few months without another winning team. Gronk, so, Gronk retired, and the whole and all of Boston's going down now. Yeah, no, well, uh, no we, doubt, we no. have the luxury yeah. of playing the AFC East, where the, <laughs> other three, the other three teams. I mean, we could we could win with no quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> You've proven that before. All right, it's yeah, good talking yeah. to you. Thank yeah, you. Thanks. All right, bye. Live long and prosper. Well, that was great. I love having Zayas on. He is just fascinating. He can yeah. talk about anything. Yeah. His Star Trek knowledge is whoosh, way above mine. Yeah. I, I, my dad was a Star Trek guy. I, I was never. I, I never got it. I was never either. I, I like Star Wars. Well, I like Star Wars. Star Wars when it came out was yeah. like the the uh, you know the amount of animation that yeah. was in Star Wars. You were just amazed and. You know, but the technology in Star Trek was so forward thinking, yeah, especially was. like yeah. that he said, like from the '60s. I mean, so cool. Yeah. One thing he we talked about that was kind of funny that tr- sort of triggered something in my mind was we, we talked about crypto, and I saw something that kind of made me chuckle the other day. With you know Warren Buffett, he hosts um, you know Jimmy's dad Warren. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy's Jimmy Buffett's dad Warren. Yeah. yeah, he hosts a or he sort of auctions off a lunch with him where. The money goes to charity, and you know you can sit down. Well, the 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 person that won bid four million dollars to have lunch with Warren Buffett, and it was this guy. Oh. I don't remember his name, uh, but he was um, he's like one of the leading voices on in cryptocurrency, and he and he he's like okay. a big advocate for it. Okay. Well, Buffett hates crypto. 
It's oh. like he's like stayed away from it and he's like it's worthless, it's pointless, what's not doing. Well, the guy that won the lunch with him was basically going there to like talk to him about like why he should invest in crypto and I think he was like bringing some of his like buddies with him and it was I just got a chuckle out of like this dude was like I'm going to pay 4 oh. million dollars just to try to tell Warren Buffett that uh, that crypto is the way to go. I just thought it was that, that takes some that takes some a set of stones. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was interesting. You know, it's, um, you know, and every day it gets there's something else. So just like we're talking about with the Facebook, Facebook and the, and the cryptocurrency. Yeah. And I mean, every day there's something new and there's autonomous cars and I, Uber's got helicopters now. I mean, it's, it's yeah. crazy. And, well, I, last week I, I got a set of AirPods. I know you were which so excited to me about was, the AirPods. But to, to me, that was like, wow, phenomenal. I could go in there and And you tried to play it off because you told me you were going to order them and you told me they got delivered in 30 minutes. Yeah, I but did. But that wasn't true. That you, wasn't true. I went, just went to the store. You went to the store and bought Because I wanted it and, you know, I. I yeah. You had that kind of money available to you. No, did you I, use cr- cryptocurrency to pay for it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I'm glad no. Best, Best Buy takes uh, crypto now. No, that was uh, the store down the street, wasn't it? Sam Ash? No. no. I, I can't remember the name of the store, but it's a little it's a little Apple store down the street. Plug plug for the Apple store somewhere in Computer Bradenton. Advantage. Computer advantage. That's it. Computer Our advantage. Yeah. Frederick is telling us. Yep. So I, I don't know. I just like talking to Zayas. I yeah, can I talk too. to him all day. It was uh And he he could go from tech to sports, which is like right up my alley. Yeah. So Alright. For Heads in the Cloud, I'm David Portnowitz. I'm John Roth. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>